Welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we talk to the people who make the Thingdom special. Today, we're talking to long-term community member and incredible fine artist, Pancho Sochi. I hope you enjoy this episode, but more importantly, I hope you learn something. Thank you so much for coming on today. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm uh, really uh, excited to be here and just stoked overall to get to finally get to chat with you. Um, well, my name is Francisco Sanchez Sochi. Um, I go by Poncho Sochi online. Uh, Poncho is like a shorter version of Francisco. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, it's 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 like a Bill and William, Richard and Dick, same type of thing. Doesn't really make sense, but you know that's what it is. Um, I'm an artist. I've been doing art for about six years now. Um, I started back when I was living with my roommate. She was making some a painting for her for her mom, and she was like, "Hey, you should pick up some paintbrushes and kind of you know paint something. And join me." And I I didn't really have any experience, have any background on it. I have always been drawing and always doodled and stuff like that, um, but never really got into actually painting with paintbrushes and, and, and taking it seriously. And so I, I kind of started, you know, dabbling with it. And I really got into this this painting that I was making and things kind of took off. I bought more canvases, bought a couple more paints and just started exploring, you know, this new side of me that I had never really tapped into before. It was always there, but I had never actually explored it, you know, fully like deep dive into it. Um, I knew I had a passion for art ever since I was younger because I've always entered art contests. Um, I won a few things in elementary school. I actually got to uh, show an artwork that I made back in, I think it was like fifth grade. Um, it was displayed at the San Diego Museum of Art in Balboa Park, which wow. is pretty, pretty uh, big you know, accomplishment at the time. And it's still the only the only time that any of my art has been displayed in a museum. So we're we're, uh, <laughs> we're waiting to see if that changes hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 always been there. You know, like the fire has always been kind of burning inside of me. Um, and it, but it wasn't until about six years ago that I really just kind of let it out. And with that one painting that I started making, I I started getting into more abstract art. You know, and, and just kind of playing with composition and color and just kind of using it as a therapy, you know, mainly. And once I submitted for an art show, it just kind of took off. You know, I got accepted into the art show and I was like, oh no, now I got to make serious art to display at this show. You know, I can't just be showing these little doodles that I've been making in these, you know, geometric shapes and stuff. And so I, I really did a deep dive online. Um, Honestly, all of them, I have no schooling in art like whatsoever. I've never, I took a graphic design class in, in high school, but that was a lot more centered around like computer design and, and marketing and stuff like that. It wasn't really necessarily about the art, um, but I, I never had any actual like formal training or anything. So I decided that I kind of needed to understand the terms and the terminology behind it. So I, just kind of started looking at watching a bunch of YouTube videos and looking at documents and stuff online and, and getting my hands of whatever information I could, you know, online and just started, you know, tr testing those theories and testing those things out. Um, 
and yeah, and then now now I'm making art on daily. I'm, I'm making art with my left hand now because I broke my hand recently and taught myself how to draw and paint with my left hand. So, yeah, it, it's just it's been an exciting journey, bro. It, it was a new phase in my life that I was not expecting. I was not looking to explore this this area of my life, I guess, and. I'm, I'm super glad that it did because it, it led me to where I am now, you know, and, and I was able to meet the people that I'm able to meet now, like, like yourself. <laughs> That's a, a super, super cool story. Why do you think it, it wasn't something that you wanted to dive into or pursue? Because it sounds like in childhood, you had a number of experiences that indicated you, you had talent and were skilled in it. Um, you seemed somewhat involved. Why did you never really make the jump to painting or, or take it all that seriously? Was there a specific reason or, or another thing that you were looking at pursuing? Yeah, well, I had to really, like, I grew up way too quick. You know, I was forced in, into situations in my life where I had to take on responsibilities that I, you know, a child probably shouldn't have. Um, it, I was distracted by those things and you know, I never really had the opportunity to deep, you know, do that deep dive into it, as I said earlier, because it was like in the back end, you know, I had more important things to, to take care of. And so it, just school in general, you know, at the age of 16, it never really, it stopped being like a main thing in my life. You know, it was just kind of something that I had to do to, to keep mom happy and to keep dad off my back, you know? Um, my parents got divorced or, you know, when I was 15 years old and we moved down to Mexico and that was another change in my life where I had to readjust to school, readjust to, um, just being around different society. You know, it, life is completely different down in Mexico. And so it, it kind of always was just kind of the back end of my mind. It wasn't really anything that I was, um, able to to do and just create but like i said i was always on on the bus rides on the taxi rides to school and stuff i was always doodling you know i was always drawing on my on my binders on my books you know i was one of those kids that made funny drawings inside of the textbooks that were at school you know so turned some some states into penises and stuff like that you know just just goofing around and um but it, it was never something i was afforded to just really actually do um but yeah, and so it's now that I am doing it in the last five years, I do feel like that inner child is really just coming out. You know, he, he finally has a, an opportunity to express, you know, himself and myself. And I'm, I have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> you know, I've only been doing it for six years. I'm 37 years old. I was hiding it, you know, basically for about 20 years. So it, it's really something that burns inside of me like intensely <laughs> it, it's i have to get it out <laughs> yeah i can i can empathize with that need to communicate through art um and, and i think there's a lot of artists that do but it, it sounds like for you it's it's a process of re-exploring and, and rediscovering yourself which is um very powerful and, and like you mentioned earlier i assume somewhat therapeutic when you're talking about self-study of art and looking at it online and then also just this this personal exploration that you're kind of doing through your art what have been like the major takeaways things that you learned about yourself about art in general from that process of kind of self-study and, and self-exploration wow um 
that's a real good question. I've never, I've never actually thought about that before. Um, through, I've, I've kind of understood myself a little bit more. I think I, I always put up a front of being tough and being, you know, this strong, you know, macho type thing. Being being Latino, we have this strong influence of like macho culture. You know, the man goes to work and he's he's stern and he's he's firm with his children and like it. It was something like I I, I felt like I had to be, but I knew that I wasn't. And it wasn't until I really started, again, creating art full time that I was able to really let loose that colorful, colorful side of me. You know, like I, I've always, I love plants, I love flowers, I love birds, you know, and so like I've always been attracted to those colorful, bright things. And my life was always really kind of black and white. And so it just really taught me how to express myself without having to worry, you know, about being a man, you know, or being strong or being that, um, I don't know how, how to put it, you know, without that pressure, I guess, you know, it was, just, it's, it's a way for me to truly just be open and be myself. Um, it taught me that I'm a very sensitive person. I'm, I, I used to cry a lot as a, as a little kid but then it kind of faded out like when I was like around nine or 10 and I was very, very like angry and very stern up until my mid twenties. And then I started kind of getting a little bit more in touch with my, you know, feminine side. And, um, actually I, uh, you know, not a lot of people know, but I recently last year I came out as bisexual. It was something that I was, you know, I was kind of I was I wasn't even sure about it honestly. <laughs> it wasn't even I I didn't even know what was going on with that until I was about 32 years old and um wow. it it was something that once I kind of figured out in my head I still battled with it you know I, expressing it and showing it and talking about it. Um and last year it was actually the the first time that I I came out to my family and, and to my friends and everybody and it's because of art that I was able to to get to that place, you know, to get to that confidence with, within myself and be like, hey, even though I've always had to be this strong, macho guy, like I'm also, I also like flowers, you know, like it, it's very, I'm very, I like fashion. I like women's purses and, and, and shoes a lot. Not, not necessarily like I don't like to wear them or anything, but I, I like the design aspect of it. And like, it's something that I, I've, ever since I was a little kid, you know, um, and so it, it's it's really taught me just how to express myself. It's it taught me how to be more open, and it's given me a lot of confidence, honestly, and just in myself and in my ability to just be. <laughs> you know, and that's that's something that I think a lot of people take take for advantage too. You know, and just like being able to be yourself, it's a huge thing. I totally agree, and that is an incredibly powerful story. I'm, I'm really happy for you that that art was able to give you that opportunity to, to reflect and, and kind of explore yourself and, and um, come to terms with different parts of, of your life and, and who you are as an individual. That's a really, really incredible story. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm very happy for you um, and congratulations. Um, <laughs> on the identity side and on the side of, of being who you wanna be and, and um, 
reflecting the identity you want. I want to pivot a little bit to, to crypto and, and blockchain because I found that that space does a lot for people's identity. It gives them either through social media kind of a platform to create an identity that they want to or through the communities that they engage with, a way to kind of curate their communities and the people they engage with outside of the real world. Um, talk to me a little bit about crypto. Like, did you get into it because of the art and the NFTs and just the people and, and the culture there? Or was it something entirely different? Well, honestly, with, with crypto, um, first of all, thank you very much for, for saying that. I really appreciate the support. That's that's very kind of you. And and, and thank you for allowing me space to, to express myself. Um, that, I really appreciate it. But with, with crypto, though, I got into it with the same way I think a lot of people did was with the with Doge. You know, Doge was just kind of popping off. I I knew about crypto and stuff beforehand. Um, back in, I think it was like 2016, my friend was like, hey, dude, there's this, this crypto coin, Bitcoin, you know, you should look into it, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, right, dude. Like, he's like, yeah, man, I just brought some shrooms with it. And, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> People are using it, you know, to, for all kinds of stuff. Some guy bought a pizza with it. And I was just like, all right, dude, like, what, what's going on here? Like, it sounds like a bunch of bs you know so um i didn't really pay any attention which i greatly regret now um he still has i think he has like 16 bitcoin um he was able to hold through all that and so now that it's you know dipped so much he's like dude i'm not i'm not gonna sell it dude like i'm gonna <laughs> wait till it rallies up he, he's he's over in, in thailand right now surfing enjoying enjoying life um nice. so you know he, he 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 followed his advice which I definitely should have, but it wasn't later until 2020 that I really kind of started paying attention into uh, Dogecoin and just little things like that. Um, 2021, I started buying, you know, I think I bought, Ethereum was like like at $120. And I, so I bought two ETH and then it hit like 280. And I was like, yeah, dude, I doubled my money, sold it, you know, fluked that one out real hard. And then... I didn't get into NFTs until, geez, like March of 2000, of 21. Yeah, 21 March, around then. I kind of started clicking around on things. Um, nothing really substantial to me. I was just like, oh, okay, the, the, you know, this is cool. I like the art aspect of it. It really caught my attention. I was like, I could, I could make some of this stuff. Um, the courier cards and things like that, like, to be honest with you, like, I just looked at it and I was like, man, these are some like really cheap Photoshop skills. Like if, if these are making money, I'm pretty sure I can make something <laughs> just as good, you know, if not better. Yeah. So um, it kind of gave me this little boost. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to slowly creep into it. And, and that was really my approach, which again, I shouldn't have, I should have just jumped in right away. Um, and then I started seeing people on, on Instagram talk about it. You know, and they, um, somebody posted about the board apes, and I was like, "Hey, those are pretty cool." And then I kind of started doing a deeper dive and, and saw Crypto Kitties, and, and you know, saw the the I think the Ether Rocks is what they're called. And I was just like, "Whoa! Like th this is more than just these little silly, poorly photoshopped cards." And and so I started kind of clicking with people on Twitter. I created my own Twitter profile just for NFT and crypto. Um, I started with the subbed up community. That was my entry into the whole real like community aspect and, and, and vibe of it. And 
um, that's when I really started investing into Ethereum. But by then it was already at like, you know, 13, 1400. So, you know, I should have kept my original too. But they're all lessons. You know, I've had, unfortunately, yeah. I've had a lot of these lessons. So um, I, I think I'm better prepared for the next bull run. But um, Subducks led me to Thingdoms. That's how I met Luke through the Subduck community. Um, I remember I was one of the first you know, a couple people in the Discord. It was it was an unnamed project, you know. So it was like we didn't know what it was, um, and it was a lot of fun, dude. Honestly, I think that that mystery and that excitement of NFTs has been lost recently. I think what we have going on right now with these uh, hustling for whitelist spots and, and allow lists and stuff like that. It's really, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say tainted the spot, but it's like. It's almost like gatekeeping, you know. A lot of people that are, that are connected are getting these mints, and so that opportunity to really like make that moon—it's still there, but it's just a lot more rare now, and it's a lot more—it's a lot more difficult to get into. Um, but I'm I'm here for the community. I'm here for for the relationships built. Like it's, I'm I'm pretty pretty much a loner. Like I don't really do things outside of like Padres games, family events, and like art shows, I really don't do much. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a, a couch potato. Like I like to hang out at home. So once I started getting into the discords and, and vibing with the community, it really made, it pushed me to be more social, you know, something that I'm, I'm really not, I'm not a sociable person really. Although I like to talk and I do it a lot at work because I work at a deli and so it's like customer service all day. Um, I kind of, get enough of it there you know so that it's like i don't feel the need to go do it again like i just want to go concentrate i want to go read i want to go for uh make smart you know i want to go browse some some online galleries and stuff like i don't really focus on like oh i need to go to the bar i need to go to this party i need to go to this thing it's not my thing i recently also i'm, I'm two months sober today i, I quit drinking alcohol right. today's my yeah thank you man um i did i'm not a big drinker i don't drink often but when I did, it was very heavily and, you know, just it tapped into dark sides of myself that I'm not, I haven't explored sober. So I, I don't want them to come out when I'm drunk, you know? Um, but yeah, man, it, it's really, it's been a really fun adventure, I guess. It's got, it's had a lot of up and downs. Um, I bought a bunch of silly NFTs, you know, 30, $40 NFTs that I thought were, you know, surely going to double 2X, 3X, whatever. I mean, I, I'm not a big flipper. I'm not very good at that. I, I learned that about four or five months ago. So a, a year, <laughs> a year into my journey, I, re I realized I'm not a flipper. I, so I just started kind of collecting NFTs just because I like them. And um, very rarely do I sell anything. I think I, I've sold more ENS things. Like I flipped ENS numbers a few times um, just because I'm not too fun. Like it's just numbers, like whatever. I have a couple of names, like words and stuff that I like. But yeah, man, I mean, it, it's really been a fun adventure, honestly. It's it's a new it's a new thing. So it's something I've never really done. I've never really collected cards. I never really collected shoes or anything like that. So it's I did comics when I was a little kid, but I mean, that was years and years ago and i did pokemon cards as a teen but that, you know again that was like 20 years ago so um it, it's been nice it's, it's been a new venue to explore 
Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. I think a lot of artists in particular can empathize and understand that like not being good at flipping side of things. Um, I think there's like speculators and then there's artists and a lot of the artists are buying it. And even if at first they're like, oh, I'm going to flip it, it's going to like 4x or 10x. Um, They get to that point. They're like, I like the art and like I want the piece. Uh, And even like you were saying with with ENS names that are words, like even those you can get emotionally attached to and not want to give up. And it's very fascinating. I'd uh, I'd love to jump back to when you first kind of found Subducks, you decided to get involved in that. What was it about Subducks that made you kind of jump in? Because you had said you'd seen a lot of stuff before, Curio Cards, Crypto Kitties, so on and so forth. Like, why Subducks and and why that community in particular? Um, Subducks that I had found Frankie, Frankie Nine's the creator of Subducks um, on TikTok, like, a couple of months before and and he you know he's wearing his his biker jacket and he's got his hat backwards and he's just like he's, he's super swaggy and he's doing his spray paintings and stuff and i was like man this guy's fucking cool and it wasn't until like later on that i really that i found subducts and i was like oh dang like this is by that dude on tiktok and so i kind of started doing it uh, uh you know just doing my research on on frankie and you know, I saw that he had worked with Snoop Dogg before and I saw this and that and I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I dig the art like the, the subducts were really the first one. that I'm like, man, this has potential to be like a like a cartoon. You know, it has potential to be like. A, it, it reminded me of like a almost like a Rick and Morty type, you know, silly cartoon. It, it just felt nostalgic i guess dude like it reminded me a lot of like cartoons that i watched growing up the art style is very like it's tuning you know it, it it's but it's got that those gradients with the spray can paint that he uses and like there's i don't know it really it just clicked it doesn't i don't, I don't really don't have a reason bro it just it just clicked in my head it was just the one thing that i was just like oh i i see it. like i get it the duck says sup i say sup all the time like he looks cool and you know the california vibes are there you know with the palm trees and everything so i'm just like wow i can relate to this nft more than i could anything else i had seen before you know so i think that's really what what captured me and big shout out to limp limp he's he's a, a big community dude in, in the septex he's a he really got me talking and got me you know involved into the the community right away and even before i bought anything when i was in in the discord he was just vibing out he was i think a big push for me to kind of want to be involved in that community so you know shout out to limp because he he really he's been he's been there since day one and he's been i mean just just a great community member overall that sounds like a pretty articulate reason for for enjoying the subducts to me yeah. um it, it sounds like it, it matches your personality and, and ethos and aesthetic um pretty pretty well um yeah. it's interesting to see how like that identity and the graphic identity of a community um is almost like its own curator of the people that end up in it and you end up with these circles of like like-minded individuals aesthetically similar individuals from like a design perspective yeah um it's just it's really really fascinating um you end up in thingdoms 
very early on. Tell me a little bit about that. What was it like coming in when it was still unnamed project? The Discord was pretty empty. Um, are there any like special memories associated with that for you? Uh, yeah, dude, the, the dance floor, man. The dance floor was that way it was really popping off like for early on the, the uh i mean it still is you know but early on it was the vibe of it the excitement that everybody's like what is this gonna be the speculation it was it was kind of like a drug you know like i wanted more i wanted to be in there 24 7 because it's like oh what if they drop a little hint of what's gonna coming you know and um just from the community that i already had built in subducts a lot of those those people followed into thingdoms you know because luke was just he was one of the early hype men i'm not necessarily hype men but one of the early um people in subtex that kind of he was really involved in the community he was he was talking to everybody you know he made you feel involved like part of the part of something more than just we're all collecting these nfts and so when he's like oh i'm releasing my own project you know who you know here's here's a discord we don't know what it is yet like we'll we'll let you guys know more later on it was like automatically like okay we want to support the homie you know he's been there for us like we're going to show him support and once we all got in there and we all just kind of started sending messages it was just gifts all day um a bunch of disco things and, and then I kind of it kind of carried the vibes of the septux but without like the pressure of the whales and everything that was going on in in that community because since it's, uh thingdoms was so new we didn't have that pressure there was no actual like nft yet there was no project to like hold or or, or you know and so it was just a really organic community it was just everybody vibing out it was just everybody hanging out and it was addictive right away you know, and it, it, one thing that that thing has been able to do that a lot of the projects that I followed have haven't been able to do is, is sustain that. You know, and maintain that amount of energy and that involvement of the community. Um, there's very few projects that have done it. I think at the level that Thingdoms have. You know, um, it, but yeah, dude, just just the energy and, and and the vibe that we got right away. You knew that this project was going to be good. You know, and um, I only had one thingdom for about, for, you know, for early on, I missed the mint. I missed, I had to pick up my first thingdom off secondary. Um, it was, and then it wasn't until like months after the, the collection had released that I was able to get one. Um, again, just mismanagement of my money and, 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 and Ethereum didn't allow me to, I missed doodles, which also came out of the septux. Like it's a lot of things that I had spots to mint. I just wasn't financially there. Um, but once I did get the, the, the back into do it, you know, I, I jumped right in. And no, now I have five thingdoms. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm one of the, the fivers. But, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been looking at more. I, I, there was a charcoal boy that was out there, and he was kind of sitting on the floor for a while. And I was like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And as soon as I had the, the money, someone bought him, like, hours earlier. And then there's, there's another one still available. I don't want to give away too much because I don't want anyone yeah. to buy it. But, Someone's um, going to snipe it. Yeah, <laughs> they will, dude. They will. Those are, those are, 100%. Yeah, man, those are rare. Like, I, to see it where it was, it was, like, at 0.04. And I was like, that's just that's disrespect. You know, you, the charcoal boys need more, more respect than that. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm super happy with the ones that I have, though. Uh, the first one that I got was it was an H. And, you know, 
shout out Scott, uh, Professor Scott, you know, he, uh, he, he's, he's such a cool guy, man. He, he's, he's super smart. Like he, he's one of the few people that I get, as soon as he starts talking, I'm just like, Whoa, dude, like, okay, bro. Like, and, and he has such a good way of explaining things where it's like, it sounds ed- really educated and everything, but like, I still understand it, you know? So <laughs> he, he's been, yeah, a, a, I, a, I totally agree. Yeah, no, he, he's such a, and he's, he's a huge, um, I think he's, he's one of the, the smartest people in NFTs in general, you know, just, just his knowledge overall is just extreme. Um, but yeah, uh, he kind of got me into the whole H thing with the hardwood sweater. I was like, I, I need to get an H thing. And, and one was available in my price range. So I just jumped at it. It's not a crimson one, but it's still an H, you know, so kind of got the vibe there. Um, but now I think my favorite one is is the uh, the I have a G flight with with Nats, and so I think that that's like that's my it's, it speaks like a little bit to my character, my personality the most. But yeah, man, it, it's just the community and the people involved, the people that I already knew, kind of transitioning over to Thingdoms just made sense. It was just like uh, the natural thing to do, you know. So I'm I'm super stoked that I did because it's it's probably the you know, the most fun that I've had with the collection was through Thingdoms. Thingdoms in space, pickle juice, like all, you know, burger water, Gom Gom's burgers, like all that is just, it's just so much fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally agree. Um, and that's a cool story. Shout out to to Scott for getting you on the H thing wave. Um, that's like, he's made that so cloudy at this point. Yeah. Um, everybody wants them. Let's talk a little bit about your art because at some point in this story um you're making art you decide that you're going to start releasing it as nfts and and selling your art on the blockchain tell me a little bit about when that started how you made the decision to start selling your art and what that experience has been like yeah um i first i wanted to transition into something else i was like okay i've always been good at drawing on the computers like microsoft paint on on windows 98 was my jam you know like i'd come home from school and just kind of start doodling on on a computer and taking graphic design in high school that that aspect of the technology has always kind of drawn me into art the, the graphic design the multimedia production aspect of it you know just it my intention was always there but i had never really had the motivation or like the reason to to dive into it and so once i saw nfts and i was like hey this is another avenue for me to get my art out to people this is another way for me to um maybe make some sales you know and it never really was about necessarily making money it's always been and it still isn't it's more about like showcasing myself you know having another avenue to you know just put out my 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 expressions to put out my thoughts you know because this is how i think i think in art i think in color and shape you know it's 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 weird but it's really how it is and i decided that i wanted to try and make some some digital art and, and see if it would sell as nfts because i saw some some people making it and i was like hey if they can do it i can do it and i doodled a couple of things on my phone um i uploaded them onto a uh the polygon network on on uh on open sea 
And it was just these nine little abstract drawings that I did. And they got no hype. They got, I think it got like th three views. Um, but I, I mean, I wasn't really promoting it. I'm, I'm still not very good at marketing. <laughs> uh, it wasn't, it didn't take off, but it taught me a lot about the blockchain. Like I got to learn how to mint and like what gas prices were and like what gas, gas meant. And just the whole process of, of minting and, and, you know, having an, an open sea page and all of those things, it was really, it was a learning lesson, you know? And so once I kind of got the balls, you know, the ball rolling, I started um, photographing some of my, my work on paper and I started to kind of upload it and edit it online and on, on the computer, but I couldn't, I wasn't getting the image quality that I, that I wanted, you know? So, um, I, I started tinkering with it and I released my first collection that from my sketchbook. Um, it was a collection of 35 initially and it was just kind of slow. Um, wasn't really getting too much attention. And then Scott bought one of the uh, limited edition um, pieces, which the limited edition package is, is pretty vast. Um, you get the, the original artwork uh, plus an extra piece of art. You get a little art book that I'm making. I'm making four individual art books, which are all different. Um, they'll have individual like little custom paintings and drawings inside of them. Um, you get some there's a, a custom t-shirt that I make like I'm I'm creating the artwork on the t-shirt and I'm adding a little pocket to it and just kind of stitching it up a little bit um I'm making the frames that the the picture is going to be in so I mean it's it's a really it's like a deluxe pack you know and like I really wanted to provide something more than just like an nft because my art is it's physical I I struggle not necessarily struggle, but I am not that confident in my dig digital work yet. And so I, I'm still making, creating art on paper, on canvas, and then translating it into digital media. Um, so it, it's, it's been, it's been a lesson, like so, so many lessons learned because I'm putting myself in, in awkward situations or uncomfortable situations where I'm not 100% confident in what I'm doing, but I'm still doing it. And through each one of those steps, I've learned so much and, and it's given me more confidence to, you know, start releasing more serious pieces. And now I'm, I'm, I'm learned, I'm learned, <laughs> I've learned so much where I, I have my own uh, manifold contract. And so I'm releasing NFTs through Manifold, which is my own smart contract and the, the options that I have there for a free mint site and like I can airdrop um, pieces to my collectors, which I have, you know, I, everybody that's collected a piece of, uh, from my sketchbook, they've, they've gotten, uh, a bouquet of flowers, you know, as, as a thank you. And I released a couple of flowers, paintings of flowers as additions. Um, I had my first auction, um, shout out to Tropic Bird. She bought my, my first, uh, auction piece. It's an abstract, um, painting. It's about, it's a 48 by 32. So it's a, it's a very big piece. Um, and you know, just just been I've been exploring new sides of me, new new parts of, of my art that I probably wouldn't have, you know, done with, without NFTs. And just the whole process has really been it's it's been very rewarding and, and exciting. You know, like I'm I'm really glad that I got involved into the space. Yeah, I I love your from my sketchbook collection. There's so many 
cool pieces in it. It it verges between like icons and symbols and and flowers and cartoon, and then other pieces are just incredibly abstract. Um, and it, it all just feels connected and and really interesting. So I I love the collection in general. Thank you. Um, but what you were saying about you know printing the T-shirts, making the art book, doing the frame. Um, first of all, I think you go above and beyond in, in that regard, but it is interesting to see as you kind of get more access to blockchain technology and, and are able to kind of distribute your pieces yourself, um, that you kind of do have to do stuff like that and you have to manage the marketing side like you're talking about. Um, it's really, really interesting. What do you think has been the biggest lesson or, or learning that you've taken away from uh, releasing your own work specifically on on the blockchain because I know you've done a lot of work in the physical world as well but I assume that's a little different yeah man it's it's a lot different um I I rely heavily on the the person to person you know contact and so like at an art show I'm there speaking to the person I can kind of express myself more and I can read their face a little bit more so it's like their body language and so I, I know what to communicate and what not to communicate whereas with the digital world it's like i'm just typing stuff and i hope it comes across the way that i want it to sarcasm as we all know is super hard to to come across to uh, read across through text and you know i i tend to be very sarcastic i tend to joke a lot with with things like that and so it taught me how to be a little bit more direct and it taught me how to um communicate a lot better um the biggest lesson is probably going to be you have to you have to take the risks you have to go out there and put yourself in these uncomfortable situations because if you don't if we're if i'm just sitting here reading and studying and watching nfts if i don't mint that first thing on polygon and like put myself in an awkward position or an uncomfortable position it's I'm never going to learn those or take those next steps, you know? So I think definitely the biggest lesson that I've, that I've gotten out of all of this has been um, just knowing that there's going to be a lot of losses. There's going to be a lot of, uh, we're not, not everything's going to hit, not everything's going to win. So just taking that risk and, and, and getting, maybe just getting that confidence, honestly, bro, just getting that confidence it might not be a lesson, but it's the biggest takeaway that I've gotten for that is just, hey, regardless of how I feel, someone else might like it, you know. And like, like you said, and, I, and thank you for for the kind words again, the comp the compliments on the for my sketchbook collection. I was very nervous putting it out because that collection in particular, it's like a journal, you know. I do take my art like as a journal. I don't necessarily always write words. Sometimes I create pictures in my journals, in my sketchbooks. And so each one of those really has a story behind it. You know, a lot of them, there's hints in the titles to them of what they are. And so it's just that confidence that I've gotten in like expressing myself and, and communicating through my art has really been the biggest thing that I've had. Because although the art shows that I've, that I've had here and everything, like I said, I'm able to read the expression on people and people walk up to the art and they're like, oh, I like this one. And it's like an instant little communication stuff. Whereas with NFTs, I don't know who's looking at what. I don't know how many times people are going back and looking at it. I don't know who's like checking on me to see if I've, you know, released new work and stuff like that. And so it's 
I can do like an email letter and everything like that, but people don't reply to those. Usually they're reading it, but you don't know if they're they're not replying to it and stuff like that. So it's it's mm-hmm. a lot more just hey, put it out there, give it a try and you know, I encourage everybody to do the same, honestly. It, it's it's been such a rewarding thing for me just in general because I've been able to explore sides of myself that I never had before and it's given me confidence that I think I lacked early in my life you know so yeah I mean that, that's probably my, my biggest takeaway from it all is just having the courage to do it yeah the the courage confidence aspect I think is huge and I, I think you make a really interesting point with you know, you don't really know who is looking at your open sea or even more importantly, like repeatedly looking at your open sea, right? Or checking your Twitter for new releases. Um, that is a very interesting dynamic that I had never really considered fully before. Um, so yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, stepping back a little bit, zooming out five to 10 years from now, where do you see all of this technology going, these communities going? Um, what do you hope has happened? What do you think has happened? Oh, wow. Um, man, it's so, I'm, I'm a strong believer in the technology overall of NFTs and what their, their capabilities are. Like, I mean, you, you look at the star war, the star Wars, <laughs> the Starbucks, um, rewards thing, you know, the NFTs are the coming out the reward system and everything. And that just makes sense. They already have their reward system on the app, you know, and like, but what's the app? It's just this thing that you download. Everybody has the same one. That whole, we people love to show off. You know, we lo- we we as humans love to be like, hey, look what I got. Look, I got the new iPhone. I got the new watch. I got the, these new Kanyes. I got these new you know, Jordans. Like, we love to show off. And so, that aspect of, of of society in itself is just waiting to be tapped into because, like, oh, I got the platinum Starbucks pass. You know, don't worry, coffees are on me today. Like just you're going to be able to have that way to kind of, you know, gloat a little bit, Um, which I, 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 it's not a good thing. I'm not, I'm not promoting that. Don't gloat. Don't be go be all egotistical, but it is part of society, unfortunately, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that part of NFTs is going to be huge. Just the the identity part Mm -hmm. of it, like being able to relate to um, like what you have, just because we, we are, mater- unfortunately, we are a materialistic culture. And that part, and then also, like, I've always been a big fan of, like, the ticket side of it. You know, like, tickets to sporting events or, or music concerts, like, having a Poe app that you can kind of sh- display. Like, hey, I was there. I, you know, here's proof of it. And now maybe, like, for you can buy a Beatles ticket now for, you know, how, how much, however much. Like, they go on eBay for you know thousands of dollars so if you have like a pull up something from a concert you went to with snoop dogg and it's this 3d little avatar that just creates more meaning to the actual ticket you know it's not just a piece of paper um Mm -hmm. it's the way i see it sorry about that the way i see it is we're going to be so involved in NFTs that we're not even going to be thinking about them as NFTs anymore. It's just going to be part of society. It's just going to be part of our lives. Like, oh, look, we're probably not even going to be calling them NFTs anymore. You know, we're probably going to be transitioning to just calling them tokens or art or whatever. It actually, look at this pass that I got. Look at this 
deed that I got. Look at this photo that I got. It's not, we're not even going to be like, oh, look at this NFT because it's already, we're already going to know that it's an NFT. So we're not going to have to describe it as that. And hopefully the communities that are here now will be able to, you know, maintain and, and kind of keep, keep the, uh, the energy level where it's at. I know not everybody will be, I'm not early on. I really did fall into that wag me culture. I really thought we were all going to make it, but we're not. Just to be honest with ourselves, most of us will make it. Some of us won't. And that's okay. We don't need to. Not everybody needs to 10x. You know, not not everybody's going to be, not everybody's going to hit the the lottery. Like, and it's okay. There's so much more things besides, you know, become, you know, generational wealth that is involved in the space, the technology aspect of the, the, the relationships that you can build, the job opportunities, all of these things that are coming out of it are just so much more, in my opinion, significant than just the opportunity to make money. Like you can make money in so many different ways and just, just go do it basically. Um, but yeah, I think in 10 years, we're going to be NFTs are going to be so involved in our lives that it, they're just going to be kind of like, it's just going to be second nature. You know, it's just going to be everywhere. McDonald's is going to be giving out NFTs as their, you know, their happy meals are going to come with the QR code. You scan it and you get your NFT for your happy meal. You know, it's, it's, it's the possibilities are endless, honestly, bro. There's so much we can do video games with all of the skins and, and the attachments to your, your weapons and, the different characters you can buy and, and just there's so much available that we were not even we've barely scratched the surface in my opinion honestly with with the uh the possibilities i hope you enjoyed that interview if you'd like to connect with poncho sochi you can find them online at poncho sochi and if you'd like to connect with me you can also find me on twitter at it's luca wm I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Poncho Sochi for sharing their story. It was truly inspiring. And I'd like to thank the entire Thingdom community. None of this is possible without your continued support. I appreciate it a ton. If you know someone that should be featured on this show, DM me on Twitter or on Discord. I'd love to hear your opinion. As always, stay thingy, do good things, and I'll talk to you next week.